Cause sometimes I be right Hello Welcome To that show Oh baby I got a good one today Listen just a heads up uh, Rant Man returns today I got a lot A lot to rant about Primarily basketball Let's not be honest with y'all Going into this I was feeling like Man what am I how am I gonna, you know, what is there to talk about with the NBA playoffs, right? Like, you know, am I gonna go game by game? There's like four games in between, you know, when I record. So, like, last week I might be talking about game one, and then by the time I come back, it's game five. But, you know, lo and behold, the sports guys have shined a light on me and given me plenty to talk about. But let's intro this thing. Welcome back, Cyber Family. Thanks for joining me again. If this is your first time, welcome. This is Sometimes I'd Be Right. I am your host, John Farris, reporting live from Trash Can Studios. As always, joined by my co-host, Wally. Say what up, Wally. So, yes, I got a juicy, juicy show today. Got a lot to get into. A lot of ranting to do. A lot of hot takes, maybe? Maybe, I don't know. I'm saying hot takes, but it's it's probably not that hot. It's probably lukewarm. Probably stuff y'all been saying, y'all been hearing. But now you're gonna hear it from me from my perspective. But let's start with some quick hits. Quick hits, quick hitters. So Debo Samuel has come out and said that he wants a trade. The team has tried to reach out to him and work things out, but he is saying no, 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 no. I'm out of here. I want out. He wants a trade. My question is this, buyer beware. Actually, that's not a question. <laughs> so let me start by saying buyer beware. First of all, are you sure he's legit? And when I say legit, obviously he's a really good football player. But if you're trading for Debo Samuel, are you? do you have the, the creativity and the right offensive mind in place to utilize him to his best ability? Because Kyle Shanahan, look, very creative offensive coordinator, does a lot of funky things, kind of like a Sean McVay. They're kind of similar, where they could take a guy and they're creative enough to put him in multiple situations where he could be successful. On the flip side, if you were to send him to a place like Dallas, I don't believe that Dallas is going to use him as anything other than just a receiver. And my question is this, is anyone afraid of Debo Samuel if he just lines up at receiver? If you give if you get 75 offensive plays and he's lined up at receiver for 75 plays, are you afraid of him? Are you thinking that he's that good of a receiver that you could just line him up at strictly receiver and and he could do damage? Or is he just a guy who you can get it to him in a variety of ways and that's what makes him dangerous because you never know where he's gonna be on the field and he's a matchup nightmare and oh my god. If I lined up a corner against him all game, I don't I don't I like my chances. I'm not concerned with it. So my 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 problem is this. I think there's a lot of hype and a lot of excitement around Debo Samuel. Where is he gonna go and who's gonna trade for him? But if I'm a team, I'm not really trading for Debo unless I feel like we have an offense in place that allows him to move around and take advantage of his skill set. Because if he's just gonna come to my team, so like as a Cowboys fan, don't even waste your time. They're not going to utilize him in any way that, that, that highlights or utilizes his skills to the the, best, the mass effect. So it's just a waste. So I'm saying buyer beware. If you're going to make a trade for Debo, good luck. You, you better know what you're doing. Sticking with football in the draft, 
Uh, reports are coming out that there aren't any GMs or any teams that have first round grades on any one of these quarterbacks. But with that being said, there's still projections that as many as three could go in the first round because the, 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 the quest to find a receiver and the position is so important that teams are going to reach on guys and, and take a chance. And, and I, I think this is absolutely dumb. If, if you don't have a first round grade on this guy, why am I drafting him in the first round? And if I don't have a first round grade on him, do I feel like if I can't get him, I'm upset? Ooh, darn, couldn't get Kenny Pickett. <laughs> like, no. If I'm picking it, like, let's say you're picking in the middle or the back end of the first round, you might have a chance to draft a N'Kobe Dean or a Devin Lloyd at linebacker who you have a first round grade on, or you can go ahead and take Kenny Pickett who you have a mid to late second round uh, designation on, right? If that's the case and you're going to say, well, we need a quarterback, so we got to take Kenny Pickett because we don't believe we can get him in the middle of the second round when we pick again. He's probably going to go before then. I would say, are you really mad that you can't get him? Is there any quarterback in this draft that you feel like as a fan of a team, if we missed out on this guy, I'd be really upset? No, none of these guys are transcendent. None of these guys are can't miss prospect. None of these guys are like, we got to have them. The, the best you can get, the guy gaining the most hype is, is like Malik Willis. And that's all based on potentially he could be good. He's got a really good arm and he's played at a small school. And if he gets in an NFL program, NFL coaching, the sky's the limit, right? That's all just potential no certainty with that at all that it could flame out in glorious fashion and if that's the case like are you really gonna pass up on a a first round graded guy in favor of the quarterback because you're desperate don't be desperate how about that how about you as a team make a decision to say we're not gonna reach on a guy we're not gonna like overvalue a guy we're gonna grade them where they are and wherever the board falls we're gonna draft off of that because if you're a bad team you need more than just a quarterback. There's very few teams that are just a quarterback away. It's that's 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 cliche. That's like a thing that people say that it's not true. You're not just a quarterback away. Now I know people will point to the Rams last year and say that's the example of a team that was a quarterback away, but I think they could have won with Jared Goff. <laughs> that's me. That's me. I think they may have had the same season if Jared Goff was there. So you're not just a quarterback away, and if you're you know, if you are a quarterback away, this none of these quarterbacks are that quarterback that's going to get you there. For example, if, if you're Washington and you think we got everything in place, we just need a quarterback. There's not a quarterback in this draft that's going to take you over to hump to a Super Bowl. It just ain't going to happen. So don't get desperate. Pass up on him. And if he falls in your lap in the second or third round, then take him. If not, so be it. We'll figure it out some other way. Because I got news for you. Kenny Pickett ain't much better than the guys you would pick up in the fourth or fifth round. There's not much of a difference there. There's a gamble anywhere you're picking a guy. I'd rather take a guy in the fourth round and take a gamble on him and it maybe work out like uh, Bailey Zappi. Let's say you take him in the fourth round. I'll take that chance over drafting Kenny Pickett in the first round any day of the week. That's just me, though. But, you know, what do I know? Sometimes I'm right. 
switching gears over to basketball one thing that stuck out to me uh is the suns the phoenix suns have been praised as this really good team going into the playoffs they were for some people the favorites i'd seen that they were the favorites to get out of the west i picked them to, to win the west i actually picked them to win a championship and chris paul started off hot and oh my god it's point god and i told you last week it's the annual chris paul love fest and all of a sudden, Devin Booker pulls a hammy. He's going to miss a couple weeks, and he probably is going to miss the rest of the series. And all of a sudden, all I hear all over major mainstream media is, uh, Suns, they're not going to win the series. Pelicans are now going to win the series because they don't have Devin Booker. And it blows my mind how you can be a really good team, right? A really good team. The number one team in the West, the number one team uh, in so you're legit like we acknowledge like no the suns are a really good team and then you also have one of the top five point guards in nba history running the ship but you lose one guy and all of a sudden you can't beat the eighth seed who barely who had to win the play-in tournament to get into the playoffs now listen as it stands right now as i'm recording this they are up in game five the series is tied 2-2 Sure, they could still lose. I'm not saying they won't lose, but for me, I don't think they're going to lose the series. I don't. I still think they're a better team. I still think they have the better point guard, and I still think like that's, that matters. I'm still picking them to win the series. They're still better than the Pelicans. No matter how you draw it, they're better. They are better. They were better the entire year. Devin Booker isn't the reason why they were better. It's not the only reason why they were better. They're a better team. That's it. That's it. But I don't understand how someone can be praised for a good team all year long and then they lose one guy and it's like, ah, it's over. Forget it. So are they a good team in your opinion or do they just have this one superstar? Or are you just trying to create the narrative of, ah, man, they got no shot to that when they do win, you could say, what, you know, what a great story. I don't know what they're trying to do. But it, it, it was weird to me. It annoys me. I still think they're going to win. You heard it here first. Prediction, Suns still beat the Pelicans. Even if it is seven games, who cares? And, and, and with that being, in that series, Jose Alvarado, uh, that, listen, I get it. Undrafted guy, undersized, has to work twice as hard to get a look. I get it. You're trying to make a name for yourself. You're playing super hard on defense. You're trying to carve out a space, kind of like a Patrick Beverly. But listen, you don't have to be a jerk to play hard. Playing hard, being scrappy, doesn't mean you gotta be a jerk. I saw this guy last game just chirping away at Chris Paul. Chirp, 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 chirp. Talking trash, just being a nuisance. Like, dude, come on. There's a way to play hard. There's a way to be aggressive. There's a way to do all that without being a jerk. You don't have to be a jerk. Can we knock that off, please? And also, you know what? Now that, now that I'm into it, Rantman is back already. Look, can we stop the whole star versus superstar conversation? For some reason, it seems like the NBA is the only sport that has this. So you'll hear things like, oh, is he becoming a superstar before our very eyes? And they're like, nah, he's not a superstar. He's just a star. What's the difference? Like they say, Jimmy Butler's not a superstar. He's a star player, but not a superstar. What's the difference? What is the difference? Right? Like, what makes you a superstar? Because if you ask me, if LeBron James is a superstar, he's the only one in the NBA that it fits that description. There's no other LeBron James in the NBA other than him. 
in terms of notoriety, in terms of moving the needle, in terms of everything you do is being scrutinized, in terms of everything you do is a story. The guy posted a video of him dancing on vacation and that became like a trending topic. Not anybody else in the league is gonna command that type of attention. So if that's a superstar, who else is on that level? Nobody. Which would then mean, oh, well, now there's levels to being a superstar. So there's a high A superstar and then a low and then a B superstar, but he's still a superstar. It's nonsense. Knock it off. Who the hell cares? Who the hell cares? Why do we have to designate Jimmy Butler? not a superstar. He's a star. Trey Young, not a superstar, but he's a star. John Morant's on his way to becoming a super. Like, no, what the hell are you talking about? Kevin Durant's a superstar? Based on what? Why is he a superstar, but Jimmy Butler's not? Because he won a championship? Oh, so you need a championship. Because Jimmy Butler was all the talk in the bubble. And the bubble, the whole, coming out of that NBA Finals, it was all about Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler could do no wrong. Now, all of a sudden, he's right back to being like, yeah, yeah, out of sight, out of mind. So you just need to be in the Finals. It's, you see what I'm saying? You see how stupid it is? Listen, I know it's me being petty. I know it's a simple thing, but it's annoying. It annoys me. Knock it off. We don't need it. We don't need it. It's a stupid designation that serves no purpose to anybody. All of these guys have sneaker contracts. Guys like Zion Williamson has a signature sneaker. The guy played 10 games in the NBA. Is he a superstar? Because he got a sneaker. Luka. Luka Doncic. 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 Whatever. He got a signature sneaker coming out. Trey Young, signature sneaker coming out. All these guys you're telling me are stars but not superstars have signature sneakers. They're in national commercials. What else are they supposed to do? What makes them a superstar as opposed to being a star? There's no difference. That's it for Quick Hits. I'm all fired up already. Listen, I'm telling you, this is the week. Rant Man returns. Okay? This is the... I'm telling you. I'm fired up. So let me start with this. Let me start with the... Let me calm down. So Miami finished off Atlanta. They're done. They're toast. Finito. Okay? They won 4-1. Whatever. But what I noticed in the series was Miami is always calm. They always play real calm. They never seem rushed. They never seem panicked. They never seem like they're just running down court, jacking up a three because the other team's on a run and they need to break the run. They play within themselves. They play hard. They play consistent. Look, I I picked Boston to come out of there, but, man, that's going to be a hell of a matchup between Boston and Miami if we can get that. That's going to be a great series. We're going to talk about Boston in a minute. Because they swept the Nets. And I got a lot of a lot of opinions on that. On that series. I could break that down in a million different ways. But I, but I want to say this. So, so a lot of this is going to be based on. I think the NBA playoffs are, are really cool. And different from any other sport. Because the NBA playoffs is, is completely different from the regular season. The officials let them play more. They let teams be a little more physical. They let you get away with stuff a little bit more. They, they really basically say you need to earn it. During the regular season, there's 82 games. Fan interest is going to come and go. TV ratings are going to come and go. So I think in order to combat that, what they do is they kind of try to say, let's 
keep it interesting. Let's let these guys go off. Um, let's call it really tight so people play off and people don't really press as much so guys can get more open looks and scoring can be up and it's just a fast-paced game. We make it more entertaining so that you stay engaged throughout the entire season because it is long. But come the playoffs, we know you're going to watch because it's the playoffs. There's, there's minimal games. It's it's way more important. There's higher stakes. We know you're going to watch. So now we're going to call it properly. Or we're, we're going we're gonna to let some things go. Actually, I'm sorry. We're gonna we're gonna let some things go. Let these guys play. Let them dictate how the game goes, and not call it so tight because we want the competitive edge to be there. We know these guys are ramped up. So because of that, I feel like what happens in the playoffs is it kind of exposes guys who are legit and guys who really aren't. Guys who were like regular season performers and guys who were really down and dirty about it. So Giannis, you know, Greek freak, showed in the playoffs that he's about it. He really works on his game. He really tries to improve. He don't care about none of the stats. He's trying to win, and he's doing whatever he can, and he's playing all out. And then you got guys like James Harden, who I feel like kind of shrink in the playoffs. When the game gets a little tougher, when it's not as easy, when you're not getting the the, the calls or the, or the looks or the open the guys aren't really just sagging all like whatever it's Thursday in in October who cares when when they're really getting in into you and you gotta like you know you gotta buckle down and play though he shrinks he ain't really about it he ain't really passionate about basketball like that nah and also guys like Trey Young get exposed for being like yo when somebody presses you you shrink you ain't really got no answer like we can shut you down pretty pretty easily you know what i mean all we gotta do is put a body on you now some people will say that happened to kevin durant against boston they got physical with him and he wilted i don't think so much of that um but we'll get into that a little in a little bit but what i want to start with is don't look now but the 76ers might be choking away the playoff series against the Raptors. For those of you who don't know, which I don't know how you're listening to me, a sports podcast, if you don't follow sports, but 76ers went up 3-0. And they and they got and they won the third game and they and they walk off for Joel Embiid, hit a three-pointer to put him up by three with like seven tenths of a second left. So for all intents and purposes, it was a walk-off. And he came after the game, he's talking trash, and he's saying, I'm coming for the sweep. So they lose game four to Toronto, and Joel Embiid is clapping and saying, good job, and you're congratulating him for, for avoiding a sweep, you know, being passive-aggressive and being petty or whatever. So then tonight they come back, and then they lose again. And uh, now the series is 3-2 going back to Toronto for a game six where they could potentially win and force a game seven. And if that happens, whoo, butthole's getting tight. But I think the biggest storyline that's kind of being ignored, or I don't know if it's being ignored or if it's just kind of like we've come to expect it at this point, James Harden's really not performing. He's not really giving you much. He's not really making a big difference. So I said, maybe it's just me. Maybe it just appears that way, but maybe the numbers would say something else. Well, I looked up his numbers, and in game one, he shot 6 of 17 for 22 points. Game two, 3 of 9, 14 points. 
Game 3, 7 of 13, 19 points. Game 4, 5 of 17, 22 points. And Game 5, he shot 4 of 11, 15 points. 17 shots for James Harden? 9 shots? 11 shots? That's it? That doesn't seem like enough. That, like, when you traded for James Harden, is that what you thought you were going to get? I mean, look, I said it before. It was a bad trade. James Harden, who could don't need him. Not going to do anything for you. And the playoffs is notoriously known as a guy in the playoffs who kind of shrinks. Just not really, you know, going to go all out for you. You know, if it ain't, if it's not coming easy, nah, I got my money. So, you know, he got a $200 million deal from Adidas. They don't need the NBA money. You know, he's got other endorsements, so you don't he don't need it. And he's getting paid crazy. So yeah. <laughs> so I felt like this coming in, but I feel like, you know, the media and the fans were very excited about Harden. And I know you had to get rid of Ben Simmons, but I mean Ben Simmons in the playoffs, I'm pretty sure it was gonna give you four of eleven. I'm sure he could get you 14 points. I mean, your high was 22 points? Ben Simmons was going to get you 22? Nah, you know, I wasn't, no, he wasn't playing, but I'm just saying he wasn't playing because y'all threw him under the bus. It's like you, it's like you knew he was insecure. You know, <laughs> it's like, you know how when you like a little musty, so you go, you know, you go to the party, um, and you're like, man, I'm a little musty, so I got to, like, play cool. And you tell your friend, like, yo, like, I smell bad, like, I feel like I'm musty. And he's like, nah, 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 you good. And then you walk in there around some girls, and your friend immediately points out the fact, like, yo, what's that smell? Is that you, bro? Yeah, that's what they did, basically. They knew he was insecure about shooting and scoring and all that stuff, and, and they, 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 they called him out on it in the media. You know, they lost, and every, I'm sure... You know, we'll get into Ben Simmons, and I'm I'm starting to feel like maybe they kind of called him out because they were unhappy with him, you know, on a personal level, not just for his play, but maybe he's just not a, a guy that people like. But with James Harden, I just feel like he's kind of coming up small again. And look, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm hoping and praying that they choke away this series. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. I, I don't really believe it's going to happen. I believe they'll, they'll win it in Game 6 in Toronto. And if they don't in Game 7, they'll win it. And then, you know. But if they do choke it away and, and Harden continues to play like this, like, whew, I'd hate to be a Sixers fan. This is your guy. This is your number two. This is this is the guy that wanted to come to your franchise. That's it's not a good start. So I do I do want to spend a lot of time talking about the Nets. I guess I should Look, the Nets got swept by Boston. Boston was my pick to get to the NBA Finals out of the East. I said to you, I feel like they just play hard, they play the right way. And I just felt like they were kind of just coasting along, playing ball, and not a lot of hype. 
and they were just going to play ball and, and, and grind their way to the NBA Finals. Ultimately, I have them losing to Phoenix, but that's only because Phoenix has that experience of being in the Finals last year. But outside of that, I mean, Boston looks like a team that can't, there's no reason why they can't win a title. So let me start by saying this. I know Boston looked great. I know their defense looked hellacious. I know you're like, yo, look what they just did to Durant. But, like, I don't think they're as good as they looked. I think they were going against a great matchup against a team that's just got no no direction. So I, 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 I'm not as high on them as as others may be. Even though I'm still picking them to come out of the East, I do think it's going to be a struggle. I don't think it's going to look as clean as it did against Brooklyn. So I want to I wanna attack this Brooklyn thing because I think it's very fascinating. I think it's interesting. Now, I'm a Knicks fan. No, this isn't hate. I'm not hating on them. And actually, I, think, I, I don't know if I said it on air, but I know I was sitting there and there was a point where I was like, man, I don't even dislike. I don't even dislike Brooklyn. There's nobody on this team that I don't that I hate. There's nobody on this team that I'm like rooting against. Like I kind of like all the pieces. I even supported them in the Ben Simmons trade. And thought like, yo, get rid of Harden. That's great. Ben Simmons fits into what you want to do better if he plays. Now that's you know. Now that's that's what makes this so fascinating. Because there's so many different levels and layers to what's wrong with Brooklyn. And Brooklyn's like that big project of like, yo, what happened? What a, How could this happen? You were the betting favorite to get out of the East starting the year. And then one of your star players refused to get the vaccine, which means he couldn't play. And you sent him home. And then you started losing. And you said, no, I'll come back and just play the road games you're able to. And at home, you can just sit out. Like, you'd be a part-time player. And then your third star demands to be traded and you end up trading him to get another star and who ends up never playing for you and then what happened just a, a mess so let me start with this i think i think the problem with with brooklyn is obvious i think it's obvious you you watch them play for five minutes of a game and it's obvious what the problem is. The problem is they have no direction. They have no direction. They have no identity. Like, what do they do? Are they a shooting team? An offensive team? No, not really. Because they don't run an offense. They just kind of run up court and everyone goes to a spot. And then either Kyrie or Durant is going to dribble around. And if he gets a shot, they're going to take it. If not, they're going to pass it. And then you pass it back to him. And that's the offense. Either Kyrie or KD is going to dribble to get what they want. And if they can't get what they want, then they'll pass it to you. And then either Curry's supposed to launch it from three or that's it. That's the offense. Are they a defensive team? No, they don't really put much effort in on defense. Are they a great rebounding team? No, nope, they don't rebound very well. They don't have They don't have no identity. Like Boston plays really tough defense. That's what you, you watch Boston, you're like, oh, they're scrappy. Like, Memphis, gritty team, athletic, plays hard on defense. That's it. Like, Golden State, offensive team, move the ball around. Like, there's an identity there. You know what you're going to get when you watch them. When you watch Brooklyn, it's like, well, outside of Durant and, and Kyrie, that's it. Like, that's that's the game plan. Like, 
was Brooklyn. Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Like, that's your offense. That's your defense. That's your rebounding. That's your that's your, that's your everything. And that falls on the head coach. But here's the problem. You hired a guy who was never a head coach before. At any level. So he's learning how to be a head coach. And he's trying to figure out his voice as a coach. At the same time that all these expectations are on them. And and Brooklyn is just a collection of players. Like Blake Griffin has zero role for them. He's just a name that's there. He's just there. That's just an example of like you just have a collection of players. There's no real like rhyme or reason or how do they fit. Like a couple years ago when Durant and Irving decided to come to Brooklyn. You had a scrappy team who was going to play really hard on defense and was just going to be really scrappy and greedy and an overachieving team. You then were going to add these two stars to that dynamic so where you have this now scrappy team that's deep and they have these two offensive juggernauts that could come in and put up points. Bing. There's your identity. Then you went ahead and traded... All of your gritty role players who were solid players who were going to do the dirty work and maintain that gritty attitude, you traded all of them away to bring James Harden to the team. What? I didn't like the trade when they made it, and I'm not even a Brooklyn fan, but I understood. Like, why are you, why are you trading your key role players for this one star who gives you nothing in the playoffs. Yo, if you mean to tell me you're going to average 21, 22 points a game in the playoffs, like I don't need that. Not at not at the expense of having a bench. Not at the expense of having size. Like Jared Allen is a good player. Way more valuable than 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 James Harden to that team. Got rid of him. Like I don't understand. You got Patty Mills, great, but like what what is he there for? He's just a name that you just brought in just cause. Even Seth Curry, to some degree, doesn't really serve a purpose for you. He's just shooting threes. Like that's that's it. Like you have no, you didn't build a team. You just collected names. You just put together a roster of guys who you feel like at some point in their career was productive. And you have a first-time coach. And you have two players who feel like we don't really need a coach. Like, we know what we're doing. So I'm I'm going to give a pass to Steve Nash. No, he didn't do a great job. But, like, did you expect the first-time coach to do a great job when you're coaching his personalities? When you got one of your star players, like, one of the two guys you're counting on the most, decides I'm not going to get a vaccine, so I'm just going to sit out? So you got that headache going on. And then your other star wants out because he the other guy didn't want to get the vaccine. So now he wants to get traded. So now you're dealing with that. And what you get back in return is a guy who has no interest in playing basketball. I also think, I don't think Kevin Durant got shut down because Boston did anything, anything special. I think what's not being said is Kevin Durant is getting older. Kevin Durant's played a lot of basketball. Kevin Durant plays a lot of basketball in the offseason. I think Kevin Durant is tired. I think he's got old legs. Hey, man, what, what, what happens with shooters when they get tired? 
Them legs get tired. Shots start falling short. They're not going in. I think Kevin Durant's tired. Kevin Durant's playing like 45 minutes a game. He's tired, man. He ain't got nothing left. He's gassed out. He had to do so much in the regular season to make up for Irving not being there, to make up for Harden not really participating, that, like, you're exerting so much effort that when you get to the playoffs and they're bodying you like that and they're making you work twice as hard than you normally have to work and you're already tired, he just ain't had nothing left. He just looked beat, like, defeated. Like, I ain't got nothing. I ain't got no juice, man. My tank is on E. So before... So I think there's three major things that have plagued the Nets. I think number one was the identity, and I think that's tied to the coach, but I give him a pass because what he's dealing with is nonsense. I think Kyrie Irving is another problem, and I think Ben Simmons. I bet you know what? Ben Simmons is his own problem. I'll, I'll save Ben Simmons for last, but let's talk about Kyrie. I think Kyrie Irving is suffering from I think I think Kyrie was misrepresented um as being like a star slash superstar in the NBA. I think I think Kyrie Irving is overhyped. Not in terms of ability, but I think you know let me think of how I want to say this. Kyrie Irving is a good player. Kyrie Irving has a very unique skill that just sets him apart from anybody else, and that's his handle and also his ability to finish around the rim. Super creative around the rim that throws up, like can just somehow get it in there, has a perfect touch from, from around the rim, and he's got great handle. So he could break you down, get to the basket, and finish. That's his skill set. I think he believes he's way better and way more valuable than he actually is. Now, this was being reported. This isn't news. This was being reported when he wanted to get a trade away from LeBron. And everyone was like, what are you doing? You you want to go try to lead a team? Like, that's not... What? You leaving LeBron? You just been to the finals the last couple of years. And you, you want to walk away from that? Because what? You think you could do it on your own? See, he hit the game winner against Golden State. And although I say that he deserves a lot more credit for the way he played in that finals than he gets, I also understand that that was a turning point for him where he felt like, see, in his mind, he got, he is giving himself all the credit and probably is walking around thinking, if not for me, LeBron don't have that championship in Cleveland. I'm the reason why they won. He, he, he believes that he's, like legit like he's talking in the in the post game presser about going forward leading the franchise with the owners and the GM and it's like bro you what you think you're a part of that you think when it comes to building the team like you should be involved what you think you should have a hand in and and personnel decisions you think that like what Bro, you wasn't even there most of the year. You want to talk about, I'm here with KD, and we're going to move forward and, and continue to build this franchise with blah, blah, blah. Like, huh? Bro, you decided, like, you wasn't going to play this year. Like, you was on a crusade to, like, save the world. I don't know what you was doing, but, like, 
You wasn't there. Now, all of a sudden, you think that, like, they're supposed to consult you about anything? Yo, you lucky if you don't get bumped. Get out of here. We don't want you anymore. I've always, I've always liked Kyrie. I've always championed Kyrie. But I think Kyrie is, a, is like, a, a third option. I think he's a third option right now because I think in his mind he thinks he's a one and you're not a one. So we got to bump you down further than you really... Like, he's a really he's really a two, but because he's so delusional, you got to push him to a three. Just so that he can kind of keep his delusions, maybe put him in check. You know what I mean? Like, you're kind of punishing him. Like, yo, you think you're so good, we got to treat you like you're trash. Until you start feeling like maybe I'm a number two and then we could put you in your appropriate spot. But... He walks around like he's 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 the king of the world. Like he's like, yeah, look at me. And it's like, bro, you ain't what have you done? See now I sound like the hypocrite who's like calling him out, but like I I don't agree with the people who are like, Oh, look what he did before LeBron and then LeBron went there and now he was able to win, he looked better. Like, no, I don't think that. I think he was in Cleveland and that team was trash and like nobody was gonna go there and do nothing. He's going to get his numbers when he's engaged. But, I mean, you saw it in Boston. Like, they wanted you to be the leader of the franchise, and, and you you failed. And you ran out of there to go team up with Durant, and you're failing. Like, by any metric, you're failing. I feel bad for Durant, man. Not because, you know, I think, like, he, he played well and got screwed. But, look... Here's the thing, man. I much like I think Kyrie's delusional. Are are we wrong about KD? I think when Kevin Durant went to Golden State, first of all, I think he was right to go to Golden State. I don't think Kevin Durant wants to carry a team. I don't think he's good at that. Kevin Durant is a is a great basketball player. But Kevin Durant also don't really need nobody. Like He's cool just playing basketball. I don't think he wants to, like, direct people on where to go and what to do and run the team and have these personnel decisions and do this and do that. I don't think I think he just wants to hoop. I think he just wants to show up to the arena, play basketball, have the coach do his job, run the offense. We all running it cool. We playing basketball, and that's it. I don't think he wants to worry about nothing else. So when he went to Golden State, he had that perfect situation. He didn't have to tell... Curry what to do or Thompson what to do. They are, everybody knew. Everybody knew their role. Everybody knew the offense and they were just playing basketball. Steve Kerr has such a clear defined here's what we do that everybody can just go there, play their role and just play basketball. And you saw what that gets you. Kevin Durant in OKC was good. Um, he always was. I mean, listen, Kevin Durant's great. There's no doubt about it. 3-1. You had the lead and you lost it. How many times they got to the finals, lost it. Like, and it was always like, oh, we need we need Durant to step up. We need Durant to be the leader of this team and blah, blah, blah. Like Russell Westbrook was a leader of that team because Westbrook wants to do that. He wants he wants that too. Like he loves to also hoop, but he also wants to lead and tell people what to do and be in control of everything. Like Durant don't want that. Nothing about Kevin Durant's career signals to me he wants to be a LeBron type where like He's running things, or he's in control of things, or he's leading everybody. I think he just wants to go hoop. And when he went to Golden State, he was able to just play basketball. 
And he was had great success. Great regular seasons. Get to the finals. Two-time finals MVP. Back-to-back titles. Would have won a third if he didn't get injured. And that, he was just playing basketball. And I think when he decided to go to Brooklyn, he thought it was a cool opportunity. He thought Brooklyn was a good team. They got good players on that team. And my good friend... Kyrie is going to go there, and I know him, and I know he's a good basketball player. We can go there and just hoop, but we're doing it in New York. And then I think when he got there, I think they were asking him to do more than he's comfortable doing. And he tries. He really does try. I just don't think that's who he is. I don't think that's what he wants to do. And I think that's a problem for Brooklyn is they need him to be that, and that's not what he wants to be. And they don't have a dominant head coach or a strong head coach who can give them a clear cut. Here's what we do. Now just go out there and play within this and then you're good. I think Steve Nash could potentially become a really good coach. Who knows? But right now he he don't have the not, you know what I mean? Like you need somebody better than that. I think Kevin Durant's at his best when he could just go play basketball. He could just go hoop. And it's not on him to do anything. Like... Anything you give us is great, but we're not relying. It's not It's not Kevin Durant or Bust. And I think with the Nets, it is Durant or Bust. And I think when you put him in that spot, that's not where he's going to excel. And yeah, you know, the other last night he put up 35 or whatever, but they still got swept. I think you just, you have to have him in the right spot. And Kyrie Irving needs to come come back down to reality. Somebody needs to, to 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 talk to him and say, "Look, you're not you're not untradeable. You're not like a, a a necessity. Like nobody, we don't need to have you. Like you got to stop walking around like the world, you know, owes you something. Like people should be giving you more credit. Like for, bro, you wasn't there most of the year." You wasn't there. Speaking of wasn't there, let's talk about Ben Simmons. Has there there ever been a guy who went from being highly thought of to being completely like, we're done with you faster? Yo, I started this show in September, okay, talking about Ben Simmons being overrated. I was the one talking about, yo, ben, if Ben Simmons was 6'3", he'd be Rondo. Me, that was me saying that. In September, here we are in April, and Ben Simmons is hated. Everyone thinks he's a, he's a, he's a dope. Now I almost feel like, you know, because I'm a natural contrarian, I almost feel like I got to like, well, actually, wait a second. <laughs> Maybe we're misunderstanding. Look. I'm not. I'm not going to do that. Let's be clear. I'm not. I still. My f- feelings on Ben Simmons have not changed. I think Ben Simmons is, was always overrated. I only thought he would fit well in Brooklyn because he doesn't need to score in Brooklyn. And when he does score, like he's going to get easier pass, like easier lanes to the basket because of Durant and Irving. And I thought like he would just fit in better because he doesn't need anything offensively. But Ben Simmons, look. Ben Simmons got traded there. There was no talk of a back injury. Now all of a sudden he's got a herniated disc. He had a little 
epidural injection done. He was feeling better. He was uh, he was projected to be to make a return in Game Four. And then they lost Game Three, and it came out a day later. Yeah, he's not he's not gonna be able to play Game Four. He was doing some 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 simulated gameplay. He woke up the next day. His back was more sore than he thought it would be. He wasn't ready to go. Here's my problem. You just gonna sit on the bench? We traded for you. You not like pretend you gotta lie. If if that's me, if that's me, if I wake up that day and I'm still not feeling well, I'm not telling nobody. And I'm I'm a suit up and I'ma run out there, I'ma go on the court, I'ma run and I'ma make a quick cut, and I'ma be like, oh, I'm I'ma drop to my knees and I'ma play it up like I'm in so much pain, because you know, if he is in pain, like let him know you're in pain. But you give it a go. Everybody, the media, the fans, the players, everybody's gonna respect that. That you're coming, your team's on the brink of getting swept, you're not a hundred percent healthy, and you're trying to come back. You owe this team nothing, but you want to come back because you you want to do whatever you can to try to help this team. You got fake it. No. He just comes out and says, No, I'm not, I'm not gonna play. I'm not gonna be there. If I'm if I'm on that team, I gotta fight you. We gotta fight. Because we traded for you. We gave up assets for you. We gave up like we gave up assets for you. Like, we brought you here to help. And you just gonna sit out? Remember when he remember he just the other day he Duncan on camera say make sure you get that? Working on his jumper. You wasn't hurting? Of course you were, if you were hurt at all. Now look, that's a different story. If you want to call in the question, is he really hurt? I don't know. But if I'm on that team, we gotta fight. And Kyrie, I gotta fight you too. <laughs> I think Ben Simmons has has destroyed his reputation. I don't think there's anyone in the league that wants to play with Ben Simmons anymore. He's sitting over there with his stupid outfits. Listen, I I, I don't know anything about fashion, and I'm sure people probably look at him and say, yo, that outfit is ill. That outfit's legit. Oh, my God. I'm sure probably in the fashion world they're thinking that he's killing it. But he just looked like a doof to me. I miss the days where you had to wear a suit on the sideline. Like, as a player, you had to show up wearing, like, a nice suit. Now you can just show up wearing whatever. I think the other day he had on, like, some orange pants or something. Like, come on, bro. Ugh. Remember, remember the, it, the, the Kuzma came in with the, with, the, with the shirt that the sleeves were so long that, like, there was, like, there was so much extra fabric on it. Like, come on, man, what is that? Like, you can't, you, you, you don't even have, your hands, you, have no, you can't use your hands. <laughs> like, again, I don't know nothing about fashion, but that's dumb. Look stupid. You look like an idiot. Wasn't Westbrook coming into the game one time with a, a, a caution vest on? <laughs> Come on, man! Like that's fashion is stupid. Anyway, yeah, you just gonna sit there with your stupid clothes on and like watch us as we getting beat. We getting our ass whooped, and you just gonna sit there like watching. You ain't gonna try to help. You ain't gonna pretend like you interested. Oh, you just gonna collect that check though. All right, whatever. We gotta fight. No, but there's no way any team in the NBA wants him. But if you're Brooklyn, you got to get rid of him. You got to just eat it. You got to cut him. If you're going to pay him to be there, you can't count on him. I wouldn't even want to count on him. At this point, I would say get out of, get out of my get out of my facility. I'm done with you. 
I'll pay you to get away from me. I was heated. I'm not even a fan of Brooklyn. I'm not even a fan of Ben Simmons. So I should be sitting here rooting for the fact that he did something like that. And it's like, oh, he looks bad now. People hating him. Like, yeah, I was right. I told you. But I'm not. As a competitor, I'm annoyed. Because it's like, come on, man. You're not even going to try. You're not even going to go out there for warm-ups and, like, warm up? You're going to say early in the day. You're going to say in the morning that you're not going to play tonight? Like, don't do that. You got to be a game-time decision. You got to tell me, listen, uh, I'm not feeling 100%, but I'm going to give it a go. Like, we're on the brink of being swept. I I can't sit back and watch it. I got to try to help. I got to try to do something to help these guys out. You would look so good to the to the, to the the fan base, if nothing else. The fans, if nothing else. If Ben Simmons came out and said, look, I'm going to try to give it a go because I see how hard these guys work and practice every day. I, I know how bad they want it. I see, you know, how they come into the locker room and the conversations we're having and everybody's just so frustrated and disappointed and trying so hard to win. I can't sit on the sideline and just watch this. So I'm going to go out there and give it a go and try to help in any way that I can, even if it's only 15 minutes or whatever it is, I'm going to give whatever I got for these guys. That's all he'd have to say. And then go out there and warm ups. Just go out there and warm up and just be like, ah, I can't, I can't go. I'm having a hard time. Let them see you struggle in warm-ups and then start and then go in the game. And then struggle. You, you take one run up the court and just walk off and be like, I can't do it. My back, I blew it out again. Whatever, we would all forget. Everybody, all the fan base will forgive you. But everybody would immediately look at you and say, man, the fact that he even gave it a go, the fact that he's in pain and he's doing it for this team, like he don't have that kind of report. He just cares so much about winning, about being a part of a team. Like You could build on that. As it stands, you just look like an idiot. You look like a bozo. You look soft because you, you, you demanded a trade out of Philly because they called you out and said that we don't know if we can win a championship with them. They don't know. The hell are you supposed to say? Like, oh, absolutely we can. Like, maybe not. I don't know. You see the way he played? <laughs> Think about all the things he could have said about you. And then Joel and B said, yo, I'm not, not dealing with this no more. Like, I don't know. That guy, I've, I've, I'm just shocked at how quickly he 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 destroyed his own reputation. Speaking of reputation, let me get into one last thing. This is what I really wanted to talk about. I spent a lot of time on the Nets, man. This is crazy. Look, I'm gonna say something right now, and I and I know that a lot of people are immediately gonna like lash out at me. Trey Young. He ain't no good. And when I say no good, I don't mean like he can't play basketball. I don't mean like he's not going to put up points. And I don't mean like he's not a good player. I mean like he's useless. You can keep him. I don't want him. If he if he was a free agent and there was rumors that the Knicks were going after Trey Young, I would say no, 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 no. I don't want nothing to do with him. Keep him. I don't think I don't think he's I don't think he's ever going to do anything that's going to lead to you winning anything of significance. I don't. I think he played well against the, the Knicks, and the Knicks are trash. I think he had a good little run last year in the playoffs until he went up against a team where, like, they put a little pressure on him. Look, so they they, they just lost. Atlanta just lost to Miami uh, four games to one, and obviously, you know, you're talking about the one versus eight seed, so they weren't expected to win. But can I tell you what Trey Young was doing? So game one, he shot one of 12, 0 of 7 for three. 
and had eight points. Game two, he was a little better. He shot 10 of 20, but he was only two of 10 from three for 25 points. Game three, he shot six of 14, two of six from three for 24 points. That's okay, I guess. Game four, he shot three of 11, three of 10 from three, and only had nine points. And in game five, two of 12, 0 of 5 from three, 11 points, and you taking your little ass home. Trey Young is too little, and he's not gifted athletically. Like, he's not like a freak like a John Morant who's like just so athletic that it's like, yo, we don't, I don't know what to do with him. All Trey Young does is launch threes. Stupid threes from stupid far. For what reason? And then he got, he was shimmying. Uh, shimmy, oh, it's cold. Oh, I'm shivering. Ice cold. <laughs> Ice tray. Yeah, till you get to the playoffs and they start playing defense on you and then you melt. I, he, I, he trash. He gonna put up numbers in the regular season because, yo, he gonna be open. He gonna shoot threes. He gonna, like, it's, he's a regular, he's a James Harden. He's James Harden. He'll put up a lot of regular season numbers and get in the playoffs and not really do nothing. That's my time, y'all. Look, I appreciate y'all for coming through. Enjoy. Cyber family, thanks for coming back. If this was your first time listening, I hope you got something out of this. I hope you enjoyed yourself and come back next week, same time. Wherever you're listening to this, listen, leave me a review. All right, leave me a review, a little five-star rating, whatever it is. Let me know what you like, don't like, whatever. Just put it out there it helps with the algorithms allows much more people like yourself to get exposed to it allow me to reach a bigger audience we keep growing this thing listen predictions here's my prediction i'm gonna make a bold prediction i don't think anybody drafts a quarterback in the first round that's it that's my prediction for the week i don't think a quarterback is drafted in the first round i think it's gonna be historic i think what's gonna happen is teams are gonna be fighting over someone like a baker mayfield so i think he's gonna get moved that's going to eliminate that and I think everyone else is going to see the way the board is falling and then I think in the second round it's going to be a mad dash to try to trade up into the beginning of the second round to get that quarterback that's my prediction listen we'll see how it goes next week listen until next time follow me on social media at the John Farris on all platforms uh hit me up let's link let's communicate listen enjoy your week I'll see y'all next time